So just before we start this episode, I am describing that I'm sitting here in my office, in my studio, and my feet are soaking in this glass dish, which is usually, well, until this challenge, I've been using it to cook food in. And I threw some magnesium into it. I put baking soda. And I am dipping my pinkies into the water. Oh, you are efficient. And I'm going to (laughs) rub it on my underarms a little bit because that's supposed to help or inspire the all the vitamins and nutrients to just pump up through the feet into the entire body and do magic to me. Oh my goodness. I'm Francisca and you are listening to the Francisca Show podcast, a part of Jewish Coffee House Network. This is where you come and get inspired by female entrepreneurs who take their passion, their talents, their gifts, and turn it into income. Who am I? I am a podcast success coach. I help existing business owners start podcasting to help grow their business, as well as existing podcasters figure out how to monetize their podcast. So if you need help launching, producing, promoting, or monetizing your podcast, just book a call. Links in the show notes. Enjoy this episode. This one is a special one. So without any further ado, welcome to this episode. Today we have Kristen Bone with us, who is the CEO and founder of Living the Good Life Naturally. And right after we got Kristen booked onto this onto my calendar, I started listening to her online presence on other podcasts. And it took me one episode of listening to Kristen to click buy now. I got the one month supply for magnesium and I got the lotion so I could put it in my babies. And I started the 30 day challenge. And I'm so excited to talk about this from an angle of consuming your product. And I know you have such an incredible story behind your company, behind your life's mission. And I am just super excited to have you on. And to give you a little background, what we do here on the podcast. So I'm Jewish Orthodox, and this podcast originally was a platform for female artists and entertainers to share their stories. And I'm a musician. That's the connection. And then recently, I transferred into interviewing female entrepreneurs to inspire artists to start thinking more like entrepreneurs and turning their work and their passion into income, into something that sustains, nourishes them financially as well. So you are here as a success story from somebody who took something that literally saved her life. And it's your passion, mission, and just your whole being. And you turned it into something that is supporting you and nourishing you both emotionally and financially. So this is why you're such a perfect fit for this podcast. I want to welcome you onto the show. We'll start off a little bit about your background, and let's dive into your story. It's so fascinating. You could see God's work in it. (laughs) So without further ado, the mic is yours. I, the fact that you are fine-tuning in and helping artists monetize what they're doing to nourish their lives and to become more of who they can be, I absolutely love that. I 
I think that is there's such a break in belief systems of artists thinking they they can't make money on that and the poor artist. And so reminding people that that is a broken belief and that broken belief will keep them from fulfilling their life's mission. So a huge thank you to you for that, because that's one of my passions. So really quickly, I had just had a baby and I wanted to exercise. I'd always struggled with depression. That's been a part of my journey since I was a young child. I definitely had some adverse childhood experiences that jump started that that cycle and I went to go exercise and I had some le- bladder issues and I was like what is happened to my body so I called my sisters and they said oh baby number 4 your bladder has fallen you need to go back in to the OBGYN tell them and they'll probably do a bladder biopsy on you I was like okay so I went back in Definitely, that's what had happened. That the surgery, and during that surgery, my whole life changed and got dumped upside down. And basically, is what happened. It this was after you gave birth, yes. right? It was about about three months after. And so, basically, long story short, I went in having a known autoimmune disease. I have celiac disease, so I avoid gluten. And I, when they put, when they did the the bladder at the time, the way they do that is they have titanium screws that they screwed into your pelvic bone. And then they took a cadaver graft and plop, plop, (laughs) and set the bladder in the cadaver graft to hold it up so that you didn't have leakage issues when you exercised or walked or laughed or walked across the room. Two problems happened. One, I had an allergic reaction to the titanium. Two, the cadaver graft was bought off market, meaning it hadn't gone through proper sterilization and had issues. It it wasn't clean. And that caused just a complete shutdown in my system. And they had to code me. I ended up catheter um, on a catheter, a feeding tube in a wheelchair down to about 70 pounds for about three and a half years. And it was in the process of that complete and total health crash that literally my goal would be to open my eyes that day in and out of hospitals in and out of, um, of just going and chasing doctors. You know, if this, we'd heard about this doctor and my husband would take me to Mayo Clinic and then he'd take me to Stanford and just trying to figure out what happened on that table. And we're so grateful for a physician's assistant who was willing to really listen to us because he said, I just read an article about some people with autoimmune having reactions to titanium maybe that's what happened. And so at that point, we decided to go back in, take the titanium out and course correct there. And that stopped the seizures for which I was so grateful. My thinking got better. I was able to articulate better, but my body was annihilated. I had no energy. I had no stamina. My hair was falling out. I was still in a wheelchair. I couldn't walk around. And so it was through that process 
of really almost losing my life with my help that I realized I needed to take more responsibility for my health and take better care of myself instead of taking care of everybody else around me and becoming this tired, burned out shell of who I'd been. So it was not only a time to restore the nutrients in my body, it was also a time to restore how I thought and the patterns that I played in my life. And it was the combination of discovering magnesium that is basic foundational need for the cell to function and restoring those patterns that I'm where I'm at now, where I wake up with energy in the morning, ready to do those things and and follow through with the energy that I want all day long. And I don't think I'll ever take that for granted. I still have that. Wow. I'm so grateful every single day for that. It's an incredible story. And you have a big family, correct? So that was happening when they were all. I have, I do. I have six children. And so we do have a large family. And all of that was happening when they were young, you know, so they needed it was a time in their lives when they needed a very active mom that was involved. And for that three and a half years, there was minimal involvement. And so a lot of times, you know, we talked earlier about the broken belief that an artist can buy into about creating money for their art. There's a broken belief that many of us hold about health, that it's so expensive to be healthy I beg to differ. It is so expensive to be sick and it just is which price you're willing to pay. And so in being sick, there were things that you cannot put a monetary price tag on for what my family lost and the connection, the relationships, the bonding, the simple parenting that needed to be happening And so it's breaking through those broken beliefs that we're really able to tap into our gifts and our talents and make a difference in the world. And when we do that, we lift those people around us. So let's talk about the benefits for people who don't have a deficiency in titanium, for example. I know there are so many benefits. Okay. So magnesium is crucial for the cell and is the one thing that I want people to understand. So I have an agenda for this podcast. And the thing that I want people to understand is that every single day, the choices you make, the words you speak, the level of hydration, the food you eat, the amount of sleep you, you, your body receives determines your magnesium level. So those little micro actions that you take throughout the day can keep your mineral status strong or can drop your mineral status. And because of current farming practices and not having enough magnesium in our food, like my grandparents, they just got their magnesium from food, but we can't do that like our grandparents used to because of the overuse of synthetic fertilizers. So we're, we are already on plan B for magnesium. We have to be supplementing. And so we start supplementing, but then we go to oral supplementation, which cannot get us to cell saturation. And that's why I'm so passionate about 
helping people understand not just taking a pill of magnesium to relax yourself or boost muscle function, but achieving cell saturation in the body where there is enough magnesium to boost thyroid production, to balance adrenals, to support hormone balance, to ensure deep restorative sleep. I want to be at cell saturation and oral magnesium cannot get you there because most of us, numerous studies have been done, Texas A&M, there was another one in Florida, another one in Sweden shows 80% of us are not just low in magnesium, we're deficient in magnesium. So most of us are walking around with low magnesium, which shows up as low vitamin D. So that magnesium is crucial for cellular function where the immune system is created and strengthened. And if we don't have that magnesium to convert into vitamin D, to make that conversion process from stored vitamin D to active vitamin D, we've got problems out of the gate. And that's the very foundation of our health. So I like starting where the problem started and the problem started with low magnesium. It's wonderful. So I'm going to catch everyone up on the ideal way to receive magnesium is to soak through water and the feet are a perfect source to pump the magnesium through the body. So you do not have to sit in a bathtub, but you can be doing a podcast episode like me and you are right now and soaking and in soaking magnesium. in magnesium. That lymph takes it up through your feet and the lymph. So when you took that magnesium and dipped your finger in and rubbed it on that lymph node right under your armpit, you were activating that lymph system. And we watched through thermal imaging. We, we got a thermal image machine and watched. And when people did that, the magnesium traveled more efficiently through the lymph. It's almost like you were priming the pump and the magnesium at your feet now is going to be moved more efficiently through the body to reach that magnesium up under the arm. And so staying hydrated and priming the pump helps that magnesium that you're soaking in move through the body more efficiently. And for children, a great substitute or supplement is using lotions because it also gets absorbed through the skin. Yes. Yes. Great. So I'm just catching up so we don't have to talk about this. We could continue on. I have so many other things I want to talk to you about. So I'd like to share some of my benefits from the soak so far. And it might be TMI for some people here, but I'm hoping women are listening primarily. Ever since my miscarriage, I've had extremely heavy periods to the point where I would I would have to be out for a couple of days. I couldn't do any exercising. I'd be extremely moody. Um, I remember right post-miscarriage, every period I had to I, like pads were not enough. That's how heavy my hormonal imbalance was. Um, and I was desperately looking for something because I can't just take a week every month to not function. The magnesium has tremendously oh. changed. And I only started it last month or 20 days ago. And it already has showed me the effects of it. And I'm just thrilled because that's a huge enhancement to my life. 
Can we take just a minute here? And I want to acknowledge your loss on the miscarriage. Thank you. Thank you. That's a hard experience. I've experienced that. And I think sometimes as women, we don't know what to say to each other and we forget to acknowledge that loss of that miscarriage. And I am so glad that you have magnesium because, and I want to make sure as you and I are talking that your listeners never think that I'm saying magnesium is going to solve everything because it does not, it will not miraculously cure every disease. But I am saying magnesium is where the problem started. And if we'll trace back to that magnesium, so many things along that journey of creating help will balance just like you experienced on your hormones. That was a loss for your body physically and emotionally. And I would also bring in spiritually. It was a loss that you experienced. And so the stress of that loss increased your magnesium burn rate. So the very mineral that your body needed, you were losing through your urine faster because of the stress levels of what had happened. And that is magnesium burn rate. And that's what I want women to understand that you need to balance your soaking in magnesium with what is happening in your life. Your magnesium burn rate went up, meaning your body required soaking more often because of what you experienced. And that magnesium can start to balance those hormones. Oh, I'm so glad that it helped. So that was uh, two years ago that I experienced the loss. Ever since I've, I had a baby girl who is so oh, wonderful. Thank God. God. Oh, yay. But this is the first time I'm dealing with a solution that's actually working for me. So I'm thrilled about that. Oh, so think about that for a minute. For two years, your body's well, been nine in months. That, okay, was, nine months. Okay. Nine months, I didn't have a period. Because- okay. And your body's been in that deficit and you've had that need. And in 20 days of soaking, you are seeing the benefit of that. And so is what happens is the longer we go with deficiency, the more it starts to pull down other systems in the body and cause all of these issues. And so- Starting at the beginning, soaking in magnesium, achieving cell saturation. That is the number one goal when it comes to to creating better health. So ideally, how often do you need to soak to get the benefits without having to have to do it every day? Here's the thing. I don't want people out there soaking every single day. I, I, the passion behind my business is I want to help women feel better because I have these beautiful grandchildren. They are spectacular and sparkly and they have my heart. And I'm concerned about the world they are growing up in. I need help. I need other women who are passionate, who are making the world a better place. And I want to help you get feeling better so you can take your gift and make this world a better place. So I don't want you chained to soaking in magnesium every single day. I want you out there. I want you soaking as little as possible to get out there and do those things 
to make this world a better place because you never know your work might impact my little beautiful granddaughter. And so is what I tell people is the the first time that you're introduced to soaking, soak and do the 30-day challenge, which is where your goal is to soak every day for 30 days. We want to oversaturate the cells. We want to bring in so much magnesium that your body can send it to the pancreas and your body can send it to your heart because your body needs magnesium so much in your blood at 1% that it will pull from your bones. It will pull magnesium from your pancreas. It will pull magnesium from your hormones to keep your blood serum levels at 1%. So for 30 days, we want you soaking. And then after that 30 days, evaluate what are the benefits that I saw? Where is my lifestyle at? Where are my stress levels at? And then we need to go and individually make that decision, what works best for you and where you're at versus what works best for me and where I'm at. And then I like to just do an evaluation every month. Okay. What are my goals this month? Where are my stress levels this month? Where is my sleep this month? My goal is I'm going to soak in magnesium twice a week. And maybe if stress levels, so for example, in fourth quarter, my business is very busy. There are holidays that are very important to me. There's more family things going on. There's a little bit more sugar in my life. So I soak more often in that fourth quarter than I do in the summertime. So it's just balancing your individual burn rate and lifestyle choices with how much magnesium your body needs. Yeah. And the optimal time is to to get 80%, you sit or soak for 20 minutes. 20 minutes. And then if you want mm-hmm. up to 95, nine, more than that, you go up to 45 minutes. So I tell people, if you don't have 20 minutes to soak, you're wasting the magnesium which means you're wasting your money and you're, you're not getting the benefit. And so 20 minutes minimum in 45 minutes, your body will uptake approximately 95 to 98% of the magnesium in your soaking water. So 20 minutes minimum, 45 minutes, you've accomplished maximum, but it's not harmful at all to soak longer. So sometimes I'll soak and my husband and I will have a movie on and we'll watch the whole movie with her and then go, Oh, we had to pull our feet out of the water. It's not that it's harmful to soak longer. You're just not getting very much benefit. And I like things to be really efficient so I can move on to the next thing. So 20 to 45. So now I'm curious about the business end of things and being a mom. What is your background? What was it like creating a product-based company? And are you selling every day, all day to everybody? So I had to laugh when you said, what is your background? I had no background, none whatsoever. I just had a passion and I wanted to help people. And that's still what drives me even though we have about, uh, we, we vary from any, depending on the time of year and the season, we go anywhere from about 10 to sometimes up to 20 or 22 employees. And we call them team good life because without them, 
we would, I would not be able to do what I do and get on a podcast and make sure everything was all set up if team wasn't there doing what they do really well. Because truly the business has outgrown my strengths. It used to be I did everything. And then as I realized, oh, this is taking me forever, I need to bring someone else on who can do that more efficiently so I can focus on doing the things that I love to do, which is working with women and helping fine tune that process and just speed up their learning curve a little bit so they can get out there living that great big full life and sharing their gifts. So no background whatsoever. And every time payroll comes around every two weeks, I just go, oh my gosh, here we are 20 years later. And I never intended to start a business. My next door neighbor came to me and I was, and said, I want to buy some of that. And I I was like, oh, here, let me just give it to you. And she's like, no, no, no. I, I want to buy that. Oh no, I can't charge you. Even though it had cost me money. And I'm so grateful for the lesson that she taught me because she said, Kristen, your time went into this product. And when you say yes to that, you're saying no to your family and you have to be reimbursed for that time that you said no to your family. So she really helped me to fine tune my beliefs about money. And I felt really guilty because here's somebody sick and I'm making money off of them being sick. Like, oh, that feels icky. That, that doesn't feel happy or positive at all. And so I really struggled with that whole system of making money off of people not feeling well. And it was, it was really through a lot of journaling, um, working with a lot of mentors and realizing I can't do what I do and share what I've learned if there's not a compensation for my time. And, and I love the fact that we've been doing this almost 20 years now, and I have thousands of success stories of people saying, this changed my life. I was this desperate after the loss of whatever it was. And now because of the magnesium, I'm feeling this. And so knowing that it's making a difference in other people's lives like it made in my life. And I can't do it all by myself. And I need to have that ability to make payroll. And so our goal is to always price our product as fairly as possible and give optimal value. And so a lot of magnesium is watered down to increase profit margin. We're not driven by profit. We're driven by making the world a better place and helping women feel better to share their gifts. And so our promise to our clients is we will never dilute or water down that magnesium, that it will be that optimal magnesium from the cleanest source and never watered down to help them get to where they want to be. Yeah, that's very special. What would you say the biggest challenge for you within your business? So And the answer is it cannot be balancing life and work because that's just the answer I get every time I ask. So I'm like, I am excluding that as a possible answer for you because that is naturally the easiest go-to thing, (laughs) the biggest thing. But besides for that, what would you say your biggest challenge growing or building your business? Managing 
people, managing people. I never grew up wanting to be someone's boss. And walking into our warehouse and everyone going quiet because the boss is there is heartbreaking to me. I, man, um, you know, you hear the stories about, oh, that horrible boss. And, you know, there's all the jokes about a boss. I never wanted to be someone's boss. I accept the responsibility because it allows me to share my passion with more people. It is not something that is in my natural wheelhouse of gifts. And it's something I'm constantly reading. My superpower is reading. I put down three to four books a week. And I always have, that's just been something I always do minus that time I was so sick. And a a lot of my books that I'm reading are how to create a team, how to support people in, in the work environment, how to create a work environment that people feel apart, but at the same time, they don't have the vision for where the company is going. They haven't put in the time and sacrificed And so maybe they don't understand why that idea won't work. And so how to bring in their ideas, validate them, but recognize not all of these can be put into place. Um, So for example, we had um, numerous people on team wanted to buy these really fancy organizing boxes, you know, kind of like the home edit of warehouse space. And it would have looked beautiful. Like it would have made my heart just go pitter patter to walk in and see all of the things they wanted to do on the cricket and all of the beautiful boxes. It would have been almost $10,000 to do that. And as much as I love order to take $10,000 plus the payroll hours, that's not an effective use of time or money and does not help me to build and grow a company. And so I have to step in and say, mm-hmm, not happening. These cardboard boxes that we put a piece of tape over and rewrite what's in the cardboard box is a really inexpensive solution and allows us to keep the cost of magnesium down. And, and so those types of things Because gosh, I want to be the fun one. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And the money is there, but it's not allocated for that. And it would go against my value of offering the highest quality product for the most value possible. And so for me, that's that's the hardest part. As you, and then you bring on another person, and it's a whole another personality and. I might say something and these three people heard it this way and these two people heard it this way and and just bringing that all together and efficiently respecting all the boundaries and making sure everybody's loved on and and that they feel supported and for a while I felt a little resentful like team I I want to I need to take care of the people out here And I'm having to really focus on taking care of some relationships in here. And then I realized, oh, I need to do both. That's part of my responsibility in claiming and loving this thing that we call living the good life naturally is I get the opportunity to love on these clients here and to also love and serve team. 
And so just learning how to manage that. Totally. That's so beautiful and really interesting and enlightening. Can I ask you if your husband, what what's his role in the business? Mm-hmm. And was your business ever the income that you relied on to pay your bills or was it all extra? So first of all, the best decision I ever made in my entire life was who I married. <laughs> he is, we've been married 33 years and he is the love of my life and still is. And his role in the, the business, he says that he's um, my, my errand guy. <laughs> so he does not work full-time in the business, but his advice and insight from his own background of growing up with a family business is invaluable to me. And so he definitely has a role of support. And there for a little while, when I started making more money than him, it really played with my head because I grew up in a home that there was a belief that women do not make more than their husbands. And it it really affected our intimacy. And I finally, my husband and I were able to talk about it. And and he's like, no problem that you make more money than me. And I still want intimacy. I'm like, okay, good. (laughs) So we we had to really talk that through because I had that belief that I I couldn't be a good mom. I couldn't be a good wife and have a successful business, that those things weren't, could not be in the same situation. And when I started, my goal was that what I did would never need to be needed by my family. So that if I ever wanted to walk away and just say, done, this doesn't meet the needs of my family right now that I could do that. But my husband had a heart attack. He has, um, he doesn't have enough, he wasn't born with enough arteries And so he's a double amputee and that happened in the last two years because of that. So he had a heart attack because of that, because those veins and arteries carry blood and oxygen to your body. So we didn't know at the time he had that and he had the heart attack and he went on disability. Well, disability is like 30% of what your income is. And that was not enough to keep our house payment going and groceries for these this family. And so my income kicked in and took over. And I was so grateful for that. I'm also really grateful that in our experience, it isn't, it doesn't have to be the main income. Um, It's more than what my husband makes. It doesn't have to be the main income. I, I want freedom. I want the freedom to walk whenever I want to walk. I don't want to have to stay in something because I've got to have that paycheck. And so that that's really important to me because at the end of my life, if I say, oh, I've built this multi-million dollar business and team, good life. And we have stacks of these thank you notes. And there's all these people who love my product, but my family is annihilated and doesn't have strong connection and relationships. I will have considered my life an absolute failure and that my priorities were upside down. And so it's really important to me that I maintain freedom, that I don't depend on that income 
so that I can walk whenever I want. Wow. It's, it's an incredible story. And it's a blessing that you're able to have both like the income from it and the detachment, the freedom from it. Because very often it comes one with the other. You cannot take one without. And I didn't always have that. And so to those who are listening right now that you feel like you do not have that, please know it was not skipping down the the golden <laughs> brick and boom, boom, boom. I got very trapped for a couple of years. And fortunately, and again, another blessing in that I love what I do. I, and my problem is it doesn't feel like work to me. And so sometimes my balance gets really off because it doesn't feel like work to me. I did feel that it was, and it was because I had a broken belief that a good mom doesn't have employees. So I was trying to do it all. And that's when I felt trapped. I needed to hire people and have other people doing all of those things that were happening. And so it was by taking that scary step, like the scariest step ever to start hiring people and be responsible for their paycheck that bought their groceries. Oh, that was, that was like, oh, lots of tears over that one. But it was in taking that scary step and bringing team on that allowed me to lose that bondage and step back into that freedom. And the freedom is one of my core values and so important for me to operate from. Because if we're not operating from our core values, our magnesium burn rate is higher. And so operating from those core values, it's not something I do perfectly, but it's something I'm very aware of. And the minute that I recognize I'm not in that core value, I do whatever I can to course correct and come back to it. My signature question is if there is any one thing that should be part of your daily routine, what would it be? But I feel like that's <laughs> a real bad question for you because it will be soaking magnesium, but it might be something else. It's actually not. Because there are people out there who soak in magnesium and they soak in magnesium and just continue soaking in magnesium and living the good life naturally is so much more than soaking in magnesium. The soaking in magnesium is the physical part. And yes, you need the mineral, but I want women to hold their value because when they hold their value, when the hard stuff of life hits, it doesn't knock them down. It strengthens them and gives them wings to fly and to create beautiful things at a higher level. And holding your value helps you hold on to your magnesium so that you have a lower magnesium burn rate. So you're right. It does have to do with magnesium, but it's, it's holding your value. So for example, if someone soaks in magnesium and they send me a thank you note, Kristen, it changed my life. And I love getting those notes. That doesn't change my value as a woman, as a mother, as a grandmother, as a wife, as an entrepreneur, that does not change my value. My value stays the same. And then when I get those emails, this magnesium leaked all over the place. And every once in a while it does. That doesn't change my value. I'm not worse because 
someone didn't understand how to soak in magnesium or didn't pay the price or didn't experience and have the education they needed to understand the processes that were happening in the in their body. And so as women, as we hold our value, those patterns are passed on to the people that are connected to us, whether it's our children or our community, we're setting that light and turning that light on that we hold our value and that changes the world. And we need more women holding their value and holding it strongly. This is very, this is not what I expected because it's intangible. It's not like, okay, write something in your journal every day. So Mm -hmm. it's more abstract. And here's the thing. I know a lot of women that have written in their journal every day and it hasn't (laughs) done anything. Now, you're also talking to someone who's passionate about journal writing because it is the key to mental health. Writing in a journal is the key to mental health. If your intention behind it, if, if you're stuck in a state of doing and you're doing this and doing this and doing this, writing in a journal isn't going to do mm, anything. Love it. It's when we step into being and look at that journal as a tool to help you be the person that you are, that's when journal writing starts to make a difference. And so that intention behind it crucial. becomes yeah. crucial. Okay. So I, it's really time for us to wrap up, but there are two things I want to go into because I think it's so valuable. One is I listened to one of the podcasts you guested on and you talk about, you talked about the transition of coming back into your family life after being basically absent for three and a half years and what that transition was like. And now listening to your story and um, your husband right now being a double amputee, there's a reversal of those roles of sorts, potentially. So can you speak to that a little bit and what that's like, or what have you learned? Mm. So let's put it back in context of I'd been absent basically for three and a half years. And when I woke up, I had two teenage boys and it was kind of Lord of the flies. <laughs> the kids had, had taken on roles that ideally a child wouldn't have to take on. But when a family's in crisis and trauma, those children stepped up and took on those roles. Those teenage boys, they didn't want to be told, make your bed take out the garbage, you know, the things that I was stepping back in and creating systems in my home and bringing the order back into my home. They wanted nothing to do with that. And so at the time I didn't realize that I was doing this. It's only through journaling that I recognized the pattern. I turned to my business to hide broken patterns in my family because I felt like an absolute failure here. I was so excited to be feeling better. And I had all of this love and all of this desire to not waste a second because I'd lost so much time and they didn't want it. And that hurt. And so I turned to people who were praising me and that was my clients. 
oh, Kristen, thank you. Thank you. And I love that. And it built me. See how I use my clients to build my value. And so that's where we are not valuable because of what we do. We have value just because we are. And holding that is crucial. You don't have value because you do this podcast. Your value is there whether you do the podcast or not. And so it was and still is a journey with my family of building those relationships and keeping boundaries strong and keeping love overflowing throughout all of that communication, some of it hard and some of it easy. Beautiful. And one last question. Do you ever get tired of sharing your story? Oh, okay. So, oh, oh, gosh. And I'm asking as somebody who goes into autopilot mode every time I talk about my upbringing. And see, that is exactly because I do a lot of podcasts. I I thought I would do a podcast, but it's so much work behind the scenes of technical stuff that is not my thing. So I love to go on somebody else's podcast and I love it. I love connecting and talking. There's this moment on the podcast and I can hear myself talking and it sounds like this. Da, 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 the same old story. And to me, I don't want to talk about where I was. I want to talk about, let's talk about journaling and, and there's ways that they can see their patterns. And, you know, I want, I, there's so many things I want to talk about here, but I do recognize people want to know where I was at versus where I'm at now, but sharing the story in a way that isn't, the same old thing every single time. And my time frame is off because I was, I was so out of it. And so it's like, Oh, was that, is that 11 ish year? Oh no, maybe it was because (laughs) I, you know, I, I had no concept of that. And so I, I do when, when I'm on a podcast and I start to hear that, it's like, Oh, Oh, change it. Oh, Oh, how can you? And and I've decided because sometimes my story comes out a little fumbled and I had to be okay with my imperfection because I do have a perfectly crafted story. You do. It's perfectly crafted that has all of the right ins and outs, but it's so da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I don't want to be that person. And so... I had to be okay with the story coming out imperfectly and changing it instead of those perfectly crafted sound bites because they're really boring. That's a great answer. And I hope you noticed, I tried to not spend so much time on your story in this episode. And you didn't. <laughs> and I thank you for that because sometimes the, the and, and it's fine if, if the podcast host wants to be there. Right. I, it's fine. I just, I get excited about this stuff over here instead of, of that story. Totally. Um, I'm grateful for that story because that story is why I am at where I'm at now. And so I'm grateful for it. I just, there's so many fun things we can talk about. For sure. 
Well, thank you so much for coming onto the show. We are going to wrap up here and we're going to post all the links. So if you are ready to go now and buy your magnesium and start your 30-day soak challenge or try some other products out, we're going to have all the links ready for you in the show notes. Thank you so much, Kristen, for coming onto the show. Oh, thank you for having me on. Now make sure to go to the show notes and grab the link right there. We have a special promo code just for you. So make sure to use it for 10% off. Friend, thank you so much for listening until the end. And if you enjoyed, please tell a friend, leave a review, and make sure to subscribe so you get a notification the next time an episode is out. Have you been thinking of launching a podcast? Great. Let me help you launch and produce your show and take the headache away. Just click on the link in the show notes and make sure to tune in next time. See ya. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.